Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, the championship game is set as North Carolina ends Coach K's career. Um, on a side note, they also beat Duke. In addition to that, uh, Kansas handles Villanova about as expected. You know, they didn't have, they didn't have Justin Moore, so we kind of expected that. But we're going to preview those two games in quite depth, especially the North Carolina one. Biggs has promised me that I get to talk about North Carolina as much as I want on this show. Um, and then we're going to preview the national championship game, which should be which should be a treat. So let's get into it. Right, no disrespect to the Kansas Villanova game, but I feel like you know we have to start with the North Carolina Duke, even though it's out of chronological order. We're let's go reverse chronological order here. Start with that Duke Carolina game because that was the game that you know had all the storylines surrounding it. Um, you know, Coach K's final season, his final final four against his biggest rival. Um, it's his 100th game against North Carolina in which going into this game, he was 50 and 49. So he ends up 50 and 50. And I believe in those games, uh, you know how like ESPN always does the score differential over X amount of their last X amount of games. Yeah. I think over his career going into this game, Duke was up like by 21 or something like that. Oh shit. So we didn't outscore him. No, not, not quite. It was pretty close. Yep. And you know, Sometimes with these games, they don't quite um, they don't quite deliver with uh, with all the storylines. But this one absolutely did. Uh, I I can't see on ESPN where it says wait, how many lead changes there were and how many ties there were, but I see you know had to been double digit of both. I would guess um, Duke's largest lead was seven. North Carolina's largest lead was six, and you know Duke was up the majority of the first half. Uh, they get a three-point lead going in, and then they extend it in the second half. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, this isn't good. But then we get we get diet second-half Caleb Love. Um, we didn't get the full experience like we did during the UCLA game. But back-to-back threes, get it within one. Brady Manic hits another one. And then they get a couple other buckets. They go on an 11-0 run, go up by five. And I feel like that was really the turning point in this game. Obviously, they didn't run away with it. But if they didn't get that little 11-0 run, they would not have won this game. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that, I don't know if there was a turning point in this game. It just feels like <clears throat> it was, it was an absolute clash of of titans, so to speak. And the, both teams delivered monster punches, and you know, the, we we kind of had the final knockout punch at the very end. It wasn't like the game ended with that thirteen zero run because Duke came back and took a lead again. Yep. You know, how many lead changes were there in the final four minutes? Oh, that, I mean, that's what made the game was... so epic was. Keels knocked down a three to put them up, yep. and then Manic would hit a hit a three to put the put put Carolina up, and then you know Ben Carroll would come back down and knock down a shot. And Mark Williams at the free throw line has a chance to to tie it or take lead, and then he misses both free throws. That was Manic big. has a chance to to go up, and, and he goes I think one for four from from the free throw line in the last kind of couple minutes, and it was just shot after shot after shot. The the layup that that Love made over Mark Williams. I mean, Love Love obviously delivered in just a monster way. I asked you this last week after Carolina beat UCLA. 
Has the last two years of Caleb Love been worth it? Has, has it been worth it now? At, at that point, no. After this game, getting getting to the national championship, like you take all the bad stuff. Like we talk about it with uh, as Vikings fans. Like would you take like say for example a Super Bowl, but then like five years of being like four and twelve or now four and thirteen? Would you take that? I think we would. So and I, it's a similar thing here. Would you take some of these bad games where he's just forcing shots if it meant? playing in a national championship, if not winning it? Absolutely. 100%. I thought I thought the same thing. The kid was just with the stones. I mean, he just came up monstrous. I mean, he 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 was you – know, they obviously don't win the game without a lot of different guys. You know, they, they basically only play five guys. But, I mean, man alive, the, the way that he – the shots that he had to make, and, and obviously he, he brings it on the defensive end of the floor. We, we don't really ever talk about how good of a defender he is. He's really good on that end, I think. But – some of the shots this kid's making and, and just, I think even it just feels like the shot that like the decision-making on some of his shots has improved. And maybe that's just my bias and that he's making them now that they seem like better shots, but it feels like he's gotten good at the shots that he takes. He doesn't take shots that like he can't make. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of processing that as I'm, as I'm thinking here, it feels like when he was a freshman, he just took a lot of wild out of control yep. shots that you just, He's just never gonna make. You not you never saw him do you never saw him do like a jump stop. He had I think two floaters late in the game. Justin Jackson style floaters. Yep. You would you would not have seen that a year ago, ever. No. No. And the toughest shots he takes are probably those I mean, you see it at the NBA level all the time, which is where he I think he thinks you know, he thinks of himself as, but it's like where he's coming at the high like off a high screen and he does kind of one of those little like step back kind of further back up kind of three-pointers. He's good at that shot, and it's like, well, you know what? Honestly, nowadays you see guards guards have to be able to make that kind of shot. That's like the toughest one that he takes, and he's good at it. He doesn't take just wildly ridiculous, out-of-control, no-passes-into-the-offense type of shots anymore. God, he's just he's, he's come a super long way. And, and yeah, I think I would now. I'm going to be prisoner of the moment-ish because, you know what, we're going to the national championship game. But like the last two years of this has been, has he's he's annoyed me to no end. But he's got us into the national championship game. And how many how many times are we going to have awesome guards come through North Carolina that we like the entire time, and and don't get anywhere near this far? Yeah, no, and I don't know if it's just a recency bias thing, sort of thing with you know the last two two out of the last three games for sure, but. You know, my tune has changed quite a bit with Caleb Love. And I texted you last night because, you know, remember that Baylor game? We're sitting there thinking, like, you know, the last five minutes, no one wants to take a shot. The guys are literally afraid. Caleb Love was fouled out of the game at that point. He was not playing. How much would the, like, the script at the end of that game had changed if they had a guy like Caleb Love who is, he's almost the opposite. He's, like, afraid to not shoot at every possession, you know? (laughs) What's gonna What's gonna happen if I don't shoot? Well, I don't score. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I, I, I yeah, the, the whole thing flipped completely. I mean, not 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 to speak of anything of just the fact that he's a guy who's like not afraid to dribble. You know, they didn't have that in that Baylor game, but yeah, I mean, I think the way Caleb Love wants to play when he looks in the mirror, he sees, you know, Jason Tatum and Brad Beal, his 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 St. Louis uh, brethren. He sees um, he sees damn time. Yeah, he, he does. He sees he sees Dame time and the way he plays. I mean, he wants to shoot, and now with this Carolina team, like it it plays perfectly into exactly what he wants to do because they need him to shoot. 
You know, I mean, it's him and R.J. Davis are really the only guys that at the end of the shot clock, you're like, okay, please get us out of jail. You know, and he's like, okay, I happily will. You know, he, he's more than happy to. And, God, I mean, he was just – he was fantastic last night. And yeah, man, it was – it's it's just incredible. It's hard to believe. I mean, we, we ended Coach K. I think John Rothstein put it best. UNC now has one up Duke for eternity. Um, yep. Did you, did you see it. the, the – we, we, we won up Duke for eternity. I had sent you another link on Twitter with an, a shirt I, I need to get. Did you see that one too? No. It's uh, – <laughs> I'll let you look at look at as I talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Ramsey, and it's like the, the picture of Coach K laying on the floor when he – and I don't want to make fun of him. Back that, injury? But, yeah, the back injury. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I need to get that. Anyways, um, and another guy I want to talk about who I've uh, changed my tune on, who we rag on probably even more than Caleb Love is, you know, Leaky Black. Which, if you look up at him from the, if you like try and like analyze his offensive skills, like yeah, you're gonna come way disappointed. He's not an offensive player, but if you just look at him as just a role player, um, who's you know, a defensive stopper type. Uh, AJ Griffin had six points on one of seven shooting last night. He took him out of the game, and I think, you know, this game they had a similar strategy as like the. They're the last time they met in Durham, where I think they're like, okay, Paolo, you can score. We'll ha- we'll let you score as much as you want, but we're gonna put Leaky on Adrian Griffin. We're gonna put Caleb Love on Wendell Moore, and we're gonna try and stop those two. And I think it worked out for them again. Yeah, I mean, Adrian Griffin came into this into this uh, into this game really really cooking. I mean, this is a kid that it just feels like never misses, right? And he had what do you have like twenty seven in Duke's blowout win over us earlier in the year and he's a guy that you know if you look at mock drafts he goes super high and it's like he's he's a guy that everyone kind of says like on this state this is an opportunity for aj griffin to kind of stamp his kind of like imprint on hey maybe i can be even a higher draft pick and leaky black just shut him down you know i'm looking at i'm looking back through some of these um some of the past games in the tournament. Yeah, what, what's he spent his, a lot of time defending Johnny Juzang. Yeah, Juzang went five of thirteen, scored fourteen points. He spent a lot of time on James Akinjo. James Akinjo went six of twenty shooting from the field and had twenty points. That Chuck. <laughs> that was Chuck. <laughs> a little capital one there. <laughs> and and you say we rag on Leaky Black a lot. We probably ragged him a lot before this year. You're right because there was a there was a hope that he would deliver something more than he's capable of on the offensive end of the floor. I think midway through last year, though, we started picking up the scent that like, okay, this dude can actually he's a terrific defender, mm-hmm. and and he's and he's and he's serviceable enough as like a, I guess maybe his best skill offensively is that he just he stays the hell out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he doesn't pull yeah. shots. He he he's very. He knows exactly who he is. Um, teams, it's obviously part of every team's game plan. Try to make Leaky Black beat us, mm-hmm. and he and he doesn't try to beat teams because he'll he'll beat Carolina if he takes a lot of shots. He knocked down a couple shots last night, which was huge. But I think the big key for him, obviously, is we're he's playing on a team now that you know look at look at the starting five the last couple of years when Leaky Black was part of it. You had. Um, last year would have been. Last year would have been fairly similar, you know. Last year would have been similar. These guards to this are year's. so much different. 
And yeah. Brady Manick is a, a, a night and day better fit than Garrison Brooks. You know, but you had Anthony Harris playing a lot, a non-scorer. Justin Bra- Pierce, two years ago. Brandon Robinson. Brandon Robinson, who's now sitting Brandon on the Robinson. coaching yeah, staff. Yeah, he can't yeah. create. You no. know, he's just a catch-and-shoot guy. Um, Garrison Brooks, again, who is just kind of like a like a worker-type dude, not a, not a create-your-shot type of guy. Yep. You know, guys that just aren't – they're just incredibly limited offensive pieces. And so you're looking around and you're saying, okay, well, which – who, who's going to, like, step up here? We got Cole Anthony taking a ton of fall away, you know, end of the shot clock shots. Why can't anybody else make a shot or create a shot? We got we got these freshman guards, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, who are playing like freshmen. Can somebody step up and score for these guys? And you look at Leaky Black because, you know, just looks like he'd be a really good basketball player. And mm-hmm. he was a highly rated recruit when he came out of high school. And and that's just not his game. And so he's, he's fitting in really nicely on this team because he's allowed to – play that super utility Swiss army knife, be a defensive stopper, make the extra pass type of guy. And yep. it's great. And I don't know if you saw this in the days leading up to the game, but I saw a few posts where it's like in the North Carolina's first four games of the tournament, they've had four different guys lead them in scoring. So yeah. basically they're starting five, but except for Leaky. They all go for over 20. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, God, how cool would it be if you led? And then the first three of the game, the first bucket of the game, yeah. Leaky Black gets a three. I'm like, oh, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. Uh, he ends up with eight points on nine shots, which if he, if he does that, I'm fine with it. You know, two, yeah. he was two of five from three, so I'm mean, bigs. Small sample size, but that's 40%. If he that shoots 40%, 40% um, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, um, big picture, we- final four games. You you said it a lot of the a lot of times these final four games do not deliver the undercard of the game of the night Kansas yep. Villanova I I don't I don't know if there's a way that that game could have ever overshadowed this one I mean it would have had to have been an absolutely epic I, I just don't think there's any way because there just wasn't enough juice between those two teams and it, and it most certainly didn't deliver it was kind of a snoozer right Kansas yeah, was right just away. a better team you didn't really spend more than a couple seconds thinking Villanova was going to win. Can you think of a better – I mean, think of some of the great Final Four games, though. This one has to be up there. Just just top, Final right? Four just final four round or – Final Four games. And I hope you know, like, my mind automatically goes to North Carolina-involved games. So, like, you know, I automatically think of that North Carolina-Oregon game, you know, from years ago. That was a great I game. This one, I mean, this one obviously but tops that. In a huge I know year, years ago, I think Wisconsin had a couple close ones when uh, Kaminsky was there. With Kentucky. Yep. Um, so That's th- the that- last truly epic one I can think of, was mm-hmm. the Wisconsin beating undefeated Kentucky. Yep. No, that, that was a great game, too. And then... I'm trying to think of which, some, some other fantastic Final Four ones, though. Yeah, I'm trying to think, too. Because who do we have? Or, obviously, last year, uh, UCLA-Gonzaga in the yeah. Final Four round. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Suggs hitting the game one. winner at the end. Yep. It was a shootout. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely some up there, but... It's tough, like with everything surrounding the game, like it's tough to put one ahead of this one. UNC ended Coach K. Yeah. And beat Duke at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> That's like secondary here. I know. It's Coach, Coach K's done. How? It's incredible. No. No. We I, don't thought, have- I thought last weekend after we watched Duke, I, I thought they were inevitable. I didn't think there was any shot. Yep. I really didn't. I thought it was more likely that we'd lose by 20 than win. Yep, and, you know, 
I will say it still, even after beating them last night, like Duke is by far the more talented team here. However, North Carolina had a team, and you've talked about it before, where the pieces just fit. And in addition to that, you know, we joke around from time to time with the whole, uh, you throw out the record books. Well, you do truly throw out the record books when these two teams play. And so that's the type of game we got last night. And we ended K. We ended K. At least they'll have June 23rd. Duke will have June 23rd. That's the day of the NBA draft. That seems to be all they really care about anyway. So they, Them and Kentucky are rivalries in that sense. Yeah, they get That's, to have June 23rd. They, they don't meet every year during college basketball, but they do meet during the NBA draft. I did see uh, a little side note. I did see on Twitter here, I know you were talking last weekend about, are you seeing the arguing between the UNC and Duke fans and stuff on Twitter? I saw just like somehow I stumbled upon there was some college basketball post where it's like compare which which big guy would you rather have and it was Baycott or Mark Williams mm-hmm. and just some of the comments in there so many people would rather have Mark Williams and they're just like he's a better NBA guy and it's like but but we're playing college yeah it doesn't like, matter take Mark Williams five years from now over Baycott sure but uh, I'll take I'll take the guy who had twenty two rebounds last night over uh, over Mark Williams who tries to block a shot occasionally and has some sick dunks. This, this morning I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw was a picture of Kay talking to Baycott after the game last night yeah. and basically to, told him, like, I picked you as ACC Player of the Year, not, uh, you know, Alonso Williams, because that was another hot topic debate. But speaking of that, the game gets over and I'm not, I can't remember what channel I was on, but it immediately, it might, I, did, did True TV have the game on? Because it, it immediately, it immediately went, went practical jokes. Yeah, yeah, it did. So I, when that happened, I go to ESPN, okay, because I want to see some highlights sort of stuff. And there, I can't remember who who the anchor was, but he's talking about the game. But and then he goes, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna step back a bit from the actual game here, and I want to talk about Coach K. I'm like, okay, well, I'm changing the channel, and I find another one where it's actually like it wasn't true. It must have been like TBS or something. Actually, the guys who announced the game, um, you know, talking about the game, right? So I watch that, uh, and they're actually, you know, announced like. Covering it appropriately, you know, both sides. Yeah. Finally, about a half hour later. Oh, and I also sent you like a video. There's a 12 minute video with like extended game highlights. And there's a, I found another one. It's a 16 minute video, but it was literally the last three and a half minutes of the game, but like in real time. Um, it's such a I, long 16 minutes. Oh I know. I, I was just... making a scene. I was at a so, bar. I was just like, wow. <laughs> so basically, 30 minutes. Of me watching these YouTube videos, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done now. I'm going to go back to ESPN, see what they're doing. You want to know what I see? How has Coach K impacted your life in a positive Not way? Not that. Even worse. Coach K's press conference. How was that? I turned it off right away, and I went to bed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I would have actually been in the mood to listen to all the Coach K, just because it's like, yeah. This is legitimately now his funeral. We ended that. It's the Coach K funeral. Yep, it's no longer a Coach K celebration of life. It's not a Coach K parade. It is a Coach K funeral. After Duke's senior night game. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember Gary Parrish talking about like this highly unlikely scenario where you know North Carolina ended their regular season, and then he goes, what if they also end their conference tournament? by beating them and then also they meet in like the final four and beat them there because then that would be coach k's final three losses all came against north carolina 
we came awfully close to that because like the, the the by far the least likely is the final four one we've never met we've never met them before in the in the tournament yeah and so we got two out of three and the other one there were you know they lost to virginia tech in the semifinals and virginia tech beat them so by the transitive property i think we did do that then yeah, yeah. Sure. So we yeah. lost by we lost by less than they did against Virginia Tech. Yeah, so exactly. So okay, it actually it, it happened. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other takeaways? We should probably get to the uh, the undercard and eventually a game preview. Yeah, I suppose. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that was. Uh, that was a perfect. That was a perfect night. UNC was destiny. Duke's destiny. We ended Coach K. Okay, I'm gonna say one more thing actually. So, I I, I think I teased this to you, to you when we were watching the Baylor game, but I have the story of how I first became a North Carolina fan because people do ask me how the hell is some, you know, short kid from North Dakota a North Carolina fan. I believe it was 2000. North Carolina was an eight seed. And you know how, like, everyone has, like, a first memory of watching a game or watching a sport. For example, Vikings, my first year that I remember is the 98 Randy Moss rookie year where we missed the where we missed the field goal against the Falcons. That, and I remember thinking, like, oh, this must be what it's always like with the Vikings. Uh, <laughs> 25 years later, not so much. Um, but I remember... It was a random Saturday afternoon, and I, I'd followed college basketball a little bit. I, you know, I'm probably like nine ten at this point, but I'm not like the fan I am today. But a random Saturday afternoon, I turn on a game. North Carolina's an eight seed against Stanford, second round of the tournament. They win that. Next week, they play uh, four seed Tennessee. They beat that. They win that game. So that would have been the Sweet Sixteen round. Following that, they beat. They got. You know how like they got St. Peter's this year. They got seventh seeded Tulsa in the Elite Eight. Think how weird some of those teams sound. Like Stanford yeah, I know. is a two seed. That's just one one seed. Stanford, Stanford was a one. Good like that. Yeah, Stanford was a one. Um, and this is the same year. Uh, I remember this game vividly. But Duke was a one seed on the other side of the bracket. In the Sweet Sixteen, they lost to Florida, who was the four seed. Jay Williams was on the team at the time, and I'm, I remember thinking like they could not handle a press in that game. Um, and so North Carolina in the final four round, they, they actually end up playing Florida, um, lose to them. Florida then loses to Michigan state with Mateen Cleaves that Michigan state won it all that year. But that's really like, that's my first memory of watching basketball. And that's really why I am a North Carolina fan. And some of those memories came up this year just cause you know, they're an eight seed again. They beat one seeded Baylor. They beat, you know, four seed UCLA who both those teams are better than them. And the one thing they couldn't do that last time was win in the Final Four, and this time they did it. So that is how Biggs, I became a North Carolina fan. I love it. Yes. So let's see if they can go one step further here. But we have to talk about this other game. And it's a shame that Justin Moore had to go down last week because this I think this would have been just a dogfight um, sort of game. I think – Villanova offensively played the way that they would normally play to win it by keeping them in the sixties, but they just couldn't handle Kansas. They got Kansas got a hot start. I looked up because I got home from the gym, hopped in the shower, come back out. I was a little late, and it was already ten to two. And I know Oshaya Baji 
hit like was was it was it his first four threes or was it just four threes very early on? He knocked down his first six threes, but he knocked oh, down four six in, the threes. First, in the first couple minutes, yeah. And I mean, it is just tough to come back from because, like, let me what was his stat line? Six of seven from three big, six of eight from the field, twenty one points. Uh, it is tough to beat that. And you know, I can't remember. Did I say last week when I was doing my predictions? Did I say that I thought Obaji would have a good game or a bad game? I think I said I thought he would have a bad game. I think you said he would have a good game. I don't remember. I'll go with that. So I was right. <clears throat> yeah, he had a really good game. I, I always say it's harder to speed teams up than it is slow them down. Well, Kansas kind of took that and said, shove it up your stinky ass because they uh, they got out and ran in transition. And that's, that's what it takes, you know, in order to beat Kansas. Eventually, I just think the, the truly elite teams um, of Kansas ilk with those kind of athletes can get out and run, right? I mean, if you want to play against a team that, that relies on winning with, with tempo and, pay, and pace – if they don't have the kind of athletes, I don't know, that's going to sound like a Captain Obvious kind of statement there, but it's just hard to keep Kansas out of transition. It's hard to slow them down because that's just by nature. Anytime they get a miss, they run. They ran transition offense as well as anybody. Their guys know exactly what lanes they're supposed to fill. They've got guys who can shoot, guys who can slash to the rim, good decision makers. Like it's not, it's not one of these teams that has just like one guy who you feel comfortable with making passes and pitch aheads. You know, they've, all their guards are, are adept at reading the floor and, and dribbling and creating. They're big guys even. I mean, Jalen, they're four guys. Jalen Wilson, I mean, he's like their four-man and plays five sometimes. But, like, he's, you know, 10 years ago, he would have been like a small forward. You know, I mean, he's a perimeter guy. And so, you know, their, their speed and their pacing is just allows them to, to open up so many things offensively and get early offense. And Villanova just can't keep up with that kind of thing. Like that's just not they were never going to be able to win that kind of game. You see it every time they every time they get a miss, it's like they pause for three seconds and like look around first and they're like, now let's go play. And like they walk up the court and they just It's even when they're passing it around like the perimeter in their offensive sets. They're just slow. It's like they're purposely stalling, you know. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen the movie Hoosiers. You you remember the scene where it's like you have to do three passes. Before yeah. you can shoot it, it's like that scene with them. Like they're like, they have to do like five pivots before they can get a pass off. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're very very slow and methodical, and you know, eventually you just run into a team that you. It's the running team in football thing. Eventually, you run into a team that's going to shoot and force you to do something different, and they just didn't have a curveball. You know, they ran into a Houston team that basically tries to do a lot of that same stuff, and they're able to gut that out. You know, they ran into a, a Michigan team that just doesn't have the kind of talent they do. So, you, you know, you're at a talent advantage. But once you're at a talent deficit against Kansas, especially without Justin Moore, they just they just didn't have the juice, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, when Kansas plays the way Kansas does, it's weird to think that Kansas is playing in the, in the national championship game. I guess from the perspective of Kansas has been ranked probably, what, in the top 10 basically all year. Yep. Has there been – I think I might have spent one day thinking to myself, Kansas is good enough to win the national championship, though. Like, they're always ranked really high, but you never yep. really think, like, this team might win it all. Well, like, now they're probably the, the heavy favorite to do so. It's kind it's of like, thing, though. It's like they're, um, they're just a steady team. Like, they're never going to – I don't know if they're ever ranked number one during the year or maybe even top three. Um, but they've just been extremely steady around that, like, you know, ranked eight to 12 sort of line. Um. And sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I think I thought maybe the very first night of the year when the uh, the Champions Classic deal where they beat Michigan State and all the all the hoopla, of course, was about Duke beating Kentucky. It's like, hey, Kansas was here too, and that actually might be the best team in the country. So maybe we should talk about them at all. But they win the Big Twelve, a league that you know everybody said was probably the best league in the country. They win the Big Twelve tournament, and now they're in the championship game, and and they've kind of just clinically. It doesn't feel like they've had one of those hardcore elite, like, gut check type of games. It feels like they've just been kind of, it's been smooth sailing. You know what I mean? And that, like that means won. they can't win this, Biggs. That means they can't win this because yeah. they, they have not blown, had. They haven't blown everybody out, but it just feels like, it just feels like they've been in nice, just smooth kind of control the whole way, doesn't it? Minus, take away the first half of the Miami game. But, I mean, really, it was like two minutes into that second half of the Miami game. He's like, okay, yeah, Kansas is is back on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, this game, like I talked about before, you know, Candace jumped out to a huge lead early on. I think what's, I'm, I'm sort of looking at the game cast on ESPN. I see they had a 38 to 19 lead yeah. um, pretty late in the first half. They did get it down to, Villanova got down to like, I want to say seven and they had a three. I want to say that rimmed out. Yep. And, you know, that shot, I can't remember who shot it, but it's probably with about 10 minutes left to go or something like that. Yeah. Um, that shot would have changed the complexity of this game big time. You know, Villanova, if they get that and they have even more momentum, they're down three or four, could have changed this game big time. But it's tough to deal with a team. You know, Kansas shot 53% from the field and 54% from the three. It's, t- it's tough to win against that. I mean, the obvious, you know, argument against that is, you know, play a little defense. But, um, when Abaji is as hot as he was, and you know um, David McCormack was doing work in the in the paint, um, you know it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vill- Villanova shot the ball well, and I think they shot almost fifty percent from the three point line too. It was one of those games where it was just it was wild because usually in these in the the, you know, the old adages like when you're playing in these big stadiums like this, the depth perception gets all thrown out of whack because the basketball hoop is so in the middle of the thing; it's not the, the wall. You don't know where it is. And nobody shoots well in these kind of things. That was that was put to bed <laughs> really early with those two teams. I mean, both teams really shot it well. But, um, yeah, Villanova. I mean, another year where, again, we, we spent most of this year thinking Villanova's a pretty good team. But I feel like the longer the year went on, the more doubts we had about them. And it's like, are they really that good? They get to the Final Four, you know. And, man, I mean, what a season. I'm curious, you know, we can probably do this more later when we're doing more of like a look ahead, but I'm curious what Villanova's going to look like going forward here because, you know, all the talk with Gillespie was like, Villanova's got this great lineage of guards and they always, they always just have, they have this knack for passing the guard torch onto like, they always have like, by the time one of them's a senior, the next one coming up is a freshman and he's ready to just kind of take the reins, you know, that kind of deal. They, they had, they had Gillespie for, they had Brunson before him. They had you know, Archie Diacono before that. They've had they've had great guards year after year after year. And because Gillespie, I mean Gillespie and and Jermaine Samuels, who talk about amazing careers and you know the the, the walk offs for those guys at the end of the game when they got kind of checked out, um, was was quite something. But you just you don't see a lot of that nowadays because everybody transfers after a year. Um, that was huge because because Villanova doesn't have that kind of stuff in the pipeline right now. Not much of a recruiting class. 
Well, I mean, they might. I guess they might. But Villanova's never been a school that wins with immediate recruits. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and even Gillespie, I think, honestly, he was like a three-star. And he's right. just someone who is able to, I think, even just because he played five years, Bobby took advantage of the extra year there. But yep. even his you know, second year in college, he averaged like 10 points. I think after his first year, every year on, he averaged double digits, um, right. which is pretty remarkable to see out of a three-star recruit. Right, but he was in the house for that for that first year. He basically got like the on the job training year they won the title, and then it was a natural. Just like okay, we saw him play a little bit in the title game. It's just kind of a backup, and you could like you could see the the breakout. It's like oh okay, this Gillespie kid, he's gonna be back. Okay, he's he's probably gonna step up and be a nice player for them, and he's gonna grow. I don't know who that is right now because they played six guys. You know what I mean? And like who's who's back? Justin Moore probably. Who knows if he's back? I imagine they have a, a freshman or two who they like. Some like four star type guys who did class. who who didn't recruit or who just didn't play that much this year. Yeah, that's um, my that's my assumption too. And I know they do. I mean, they do have a they do have a fantastic recruiting class, if I remember correctly. A couple All Americans, but that might take a, a year to get them up, get the get their feet wet. You know, um, yeah, they got so it, we we could be headed towards maybe a little bit of a Villanova. They do have a five star five star. They do have Cam Whitmore. Coming in, five star, uh, small forward, number twenty in the country, and yeah, a couple they got guard too somewhere. Yeah, they have a combo guard, number forty five, and a shooting guard who's number one hundred. This is all according to twenty four seven. I wonder. Yeah. I want to see last year. See if they have. So last year, ooh, um, I'm probably butchering this, but I believe this guy got injured, maybe even before the year. But Jordan Longingo. Longino, Longi- yeah, Longino. I don't, I, I don't know if he really played much this year. I think. Yeah. I think he was hurt all year. Oh, I think okay. had, yeah, I think he had like a season-ending injury right before the season, and they also have a four-star top 100 center who would have been a freshman this year, Nana Njoku. Okay, um, curious if yeah, maybe those guys will all step up and play, and I would assume that they'll be, they'll hit the transfer portal. You know, they'll they'll go yep. get some transfers, I'm sure. Yep. So I mean, <clears throat> they're Villanova's, you know, similar to like a Wisconsin or an Iowa, who you can never count them out. Um. I'm not going to sit here like I did with Wisconsin and say they're not going to make the tournament next year because I think they will, just like Wisconsin did. That's probably safe. Yes. Um, but no, I don't think they're dead by any means. No. No, I, I, I don't either. I just think it's going to look a little different because yeah. we've, we've become – they've become so synonymous with like you just know exactly what you're getting with Gillespie and, 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 and Jermaine Samuels being there for so long. Um, yep. I think they could be headed towards a little bit of a – a mini rebuild. They're, I don't think they're going to be terrible, yep. but I don't think they're. I think it might be a year or two before we see them back contending for this kind of thing. Yep. And I think. I think early on in the off, actually maybe mid off season, bigs. We should do like a recruiting update slash transfer portal. That's why we should do it mid off season. God, when we yeah. see, when we, portal, when, when we see like where everyone's going, you know. Um, Good luck keeping no. up with that. The portal's already on fire. Yeah, it can't be as bad as last year, can it? Is huh. my my brand was spinning a year ago, and there's so many I've seen la- already on Twitter who like transferred last year, and now they're transferring again. And yeah. it's insane, guys. Yeah. Just transfer, transfer, transfer. <clears throat> yeah, brutal. Um, but no, do you have any other takeaways from this Kansas Villanova game before we get into our championship preview? No, I don't think there's much to take away. Kansas was just the better team. If they play like that again, I think they're going to win the national championship. Yeah. But the question is, can they? Can they shoot above 50% from the field and from three-point, the three-point uh, range against North Carolina? 
or were they too hot? Did they uh, did they shoot all their bullets against Villanova? I legitimately was wondering that because I was just thinking, like, while I was watching the game, thinking to myself, all right, Duke's going to win the next game. Kansas, we need to make sure we don't use up all these makes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was doing the thing before the game where I'm, I'm like, getting ready for the Kansas-Villanova game. I'm like, okay, who do I want to win? All right, I wish North Carolina played first because if North Carolina won, I'd want to play Villanova. If Duke won, I'd want Kansas to win, you know? Yep. But, of yeah. course, we didn't get that. And I did the same thing last week where it's like um, the St. Peter's versus Purdue was before North Carolina at UCLA. I was yeah. like, okay, if uh, if we lose to UCLA, I want Purdue because I want more teams that can beat Duke available, you know. But, anyways, this game, you know, there's some good matchups here, Biggs. You know, I, obviously, Leaky Black is going to be on Oshaya Baji. Um, he's had some good games defensively against some of the top talent in college basketball already in the tournament. And so we'll see how he does against someone who just torched Villanova. I think that Baycott versus McCormick matchup in the middle, um, for as long as it goes, I know Kansas does like to go very small at times with Wilson at the five, but when it's Baycott versus McCormick, I see that as a big matchup. And then, you know, we, we got some good guard play here. We have, you know, Rami Martin and Christian Brown. Um, we've got, RJ Davis, who's been hot lately with Caleb Love, who is streaky. Um, it's just matchups galore in this game, Biggs. It is. And and obviously the biggest one, though, is which team is Roy Williams going to root for? I think we know who's going to root for. D- does he do the half T-shirt with like half can't, you know what I mean? Like parents yeah. do if they have two kids. Like U-N-S ass or whatever, maybe like, a, like Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- I think he's a Tar Heel through and through. Um, he, going he, he 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 was, if, if North Carolina had lost against Duke, he would be well, wearing be for sure Kansas. Yes, one hundred percent. But I think given the two choices, he's going to pick North Carolina. Does that upset the Kansas contingent? Do you think Jalen Wilson is on the court? Be, looking up at Roy Williams, like you fucker, How dare you get rid of that shit. How dare you? Yeah, we're going. We're going explicit. He has a UNC shirt over the top, but if Kansas has a halftime lead, like, <laughs> yeah. like you see the next shot of him. He's actually got a Kansas shirt. On. He's got both of them going. Well, are, are we bashing Roy? Are we calling him a bandwagon guy right now? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. We, we, Roy we're has we're, we're walking a tightrope right here. He's, he's sure gotten himself a lot of screen time this year. He's the only one that I think Coach K. It's Coach K, and then maybe Roy Williams gotten the second most. Like he's had the true retirement tour. He has because, like, I don't know if you saw, he he like did like a little uh, trip where he like go to a Michigan State game, and uh, Tom Izzo let him. Tom Izzo let him do like a little uh, pump up talk before right before the game, and I did. He did it with a couple other schools too. It was a little weird, I thought. It's it's a little odd, but whatever. (laughs) He's he's all he's all in on retirement. So well, he's probably sitting there jealous, like. Fucking Coach K. He, he. Why didn't I announce before? Like he's know, getting all. No, no, no. I don't think he is jealous. <laughs> I don't think he wanted the attention, and now True. all of a sudden he's like, "Well, I, I don't know." He has just kind of the odd shucks like ability about him. Dang, he probably does want all the attention, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of good matchups, and Kansas is 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 a little bit like Duke in that, you know, Leaky Black could turn the water off on Oshaya Baji and Kansas has proven time and time again throughout this tournament, they, they don't need a Baji to get 22 a game for them to win. I mean, Remy like Martin, Rem, Martin had five against Villanova yeah, on, kind of got on bad shooting, and they still dominated them. Brown was kind of a non-factor, too. Um, and, 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 yeah, it was McCormick and, and, uh, and a Baji. You know, and 
Jalen Wilson, I feel like, has played really well. He's probably their most consistent guy. I think he had like maybe 10 or 12 and uh, 10 or 12 rebounds. He's going to be a problem. He's a really active, skilled perimeter big. Um, I assume you have Manic probably matched up with him. And you probably just force him to knock down perimeter shots because he's so good at getting to the paint. He's kind of he's a lot like Bancaro, I think a little quicker, but like he's really good facing up. He comes off like Kansas does that like four man kind of weave action up top, and he gets it all the time with big guys kind of chasing him around, and he's able to get a step, get to the rim, get to the paint, finish in traffic. He's he's a really good player, who I, I think you have to try to keep him in front and force him to shoot. Same with Dewan Harris. That's another guy that I think if you if you're coming up with a game plan, you want to try to design something that gets him to take jump jump shots, but. You know, I get they're kind of, it's like they, they, you know, Kansas probably says the same thing, but well, let's try to get Leaky Black to shoot, you know, and well, they just don't. And that's the reason these teams are so good. It's like, yeah, we have weaknesses, but we're not going to let you play into our weakness. You know what I mean? We're not going to play into what you want us to do. Dwan Harris is a really good defensive guard. So I'll be curious to see if he. He's got to be on RJ, I would imagine. I would assume so. And he'll probably put a lot of pressure on the ball right away. And I would assume you have a Baji probably checking Caleb Love. Gives him a little bit of size. That's, yeah. that's an interesting little match as well. Do you want – I feel like coaches don't like to put their best offensive player – I feel like coaches like to put their best offensive player on the worst offensive player of the other team. You know, sort yeah, of like keep, the keep, keep their that's lungs the fresh. NBA that they do that over a seven-game series. I mean, it's, it's one game here. You know, you got to win. It's like I'm, 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 we're going down swinging. That's one of your bullets. You know, you, you, you use it. But, yeah, I mean, Kansas also has – Brown is a, a good defender. I mean, they, they've got – They've got guys, right? They don't have they don't have any slouches on the defensive end of the floor, really. So it'll be. I, I just think it'll be interesting to see because neither of these teams are particularly deep. I think Kansas is a little deeper, but how much juice is left after after that after that Final Four game? We kind of talked about. It. I mean, these are nineteen to twenty two year olds. You know, you beat Duke in like just a highly emotional back and forth. Oh my god, kind of game. How do you come up with like the emotional? Is there, I mean, I know it's the championship, but is there a way that you can possibly sum up the same kind of emotion, like that kind of energy again? That's it's going to be tough. tough. Well, you know I mean? think, think about back in the day, uh, the Minneapolis Miracle game. Um, Vikings yeah. beat the Saints on a walk-off touchdown. And the next week, week. Um, the next week they go to Philadelphia with the chance to play a home Super Bowl, Biggs, and they just laid an absolute egg. So it makes you wonder, like, how much for North Carolina, how much did this almost feel like their national championship? And all of a sudden they have to come out and do it again. It happened last year, Gonzaga, UCLA. They had very emotional semifinal game and they come out and they lay, lay an egg against Baylor. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side of last year's game, um, uh, uh, Baylor, Baylor uh, in the semifinals, you know, handled Houston easy work at Houston and they were much, much have a very business like rest of the night much like Kansas handled Villanova um and also both Kansas and Baylor uh same conference there uh the Big 12 is trying to defend their national championship title that's true yeah, yeah. lots of storylines here bigs uh Huge. the main Probably one they get uh, vacated if they win because Kansas I think I, is, uh, I saw there's some stuff going on down there. big on big on them I think yeah so just hand the title to North Carolina already. Um, I, I wish they could go back in time, like say if North Carolina won. Uh, or North Carolina lost, but then they slapped Kansas and took away their title. Like, do we get that title? I don't think so, because I think Louisville Louisville had this, right, where they where they won the title in like 2012 and that got vacated, but they didn't give it to Michigan. 
Well, I think Illinois was hoping North Carolina would get like their 2005 one oh, vacated because no, I, I did see that on Twitter back in the day. Oh my God. <laughs> um, That's not but, how that works. Yes. The second place team doesn't get it then. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm even having a hard time with it. I'm, I'm not a player, but like, I'm thinking to myself, like, do I really even care about the national championship? We beat Duke. Like, that was the championship. I'm the same. Like, I've been feeling basically ever since, like, we beat Baylor, it's like we're playing with house money right now. Yeah. You know, I, guess, I mean, this is why we're fans and not, <laughs> and not on the team, but. I'm just, I'm really curious to see. I mean, and that's something that I don't know if that'll show up necessarily in the stat sheet. If they have a bad shooting night, can we, can we attribute it to they weren't emotionally just up to up to par here for, for one more night? Or did they just not shoot well because they're 19-year-olds and they might not shoot well sometimes? But if they have a ton of turnovers and they gave up a ton of offensive boards and they lose that way, then maybe it's the emotional aspect. Yeah. They just haven't, they haven't been doing that lately. They've been really rebounding well. Um They've been – they've protected the ball. I don't know how many turnovers they had last night, but they had a couple of them late where it was like, my God, what are we fucking doing here? Um, but, you know, for the most part, they they took care of the ball really well. I'm surprised we didn't move up at all in Ken Palm after that win, to be honest I, I did look at it, and out of the two teams remaining, uh, based on my stat, Kansas is the only one who can win it all. However, if I do actually have those flip-flopped, because it's uh, top 40 offensive and 25 defensive, if I have those wrong, then both of them are allowed to win it all, because I think North Carolina is 39th in defensive. I'd be curious what it would take for us to get into the top 20 in defensive issues. Would Kansas have to go, like, like eight for like forty three, and score like thirty six points or something. Like how how epic of a defensive performance would it have to be? So North Carolina is North Carolina is ninety four point seven per one hundred possessions. Twenty um, fifth is ninety three. So it's one point seven points, but that's over a large a sample huge size. Huge sample size. Yeah, yeah, it'd be tough to get it down one point seven points. It would. <laughs> so it would have to. It would have to be quite a. And UNC, I guess they had, they had 10 turnovers last night, which is not bad. We only had seven assists. That also really surprises me. I guess a lot of Caleb Love. Yeah, and RJ Davis, like when RJ Davis got, like, say, Paolo switched onto him, he was going after him. Yeah, he's just going to go shoot. Yeah, I mean, those two guards, man. Those two guards we talked about earlier in the year, I said, these guys ain't it. <laughs> they're it. Points. <laughs> I, I am him. I'm Yeah, they're him. <laughs> they're them. <laughs> All right, Biggs, um, do you have anything else to talk about about this game? Um, I think we should make some predictions, but I want to make sure you don't have any other takeaways. I will say I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I think it is going to be, from an aesthetic standpoint, pleasing. Both teams play at a fast pace. Both teams like to get up and down, try to get out in transition, play a generally kind of free-flowing style. Think of the first, like, 10 minutes of the UNC-North Carolina game where it really felt like but both these teams are just kind of playing like open gym ball right now. Like they're just kind of getting up and down, getting shots up, playing a pretty brand. And then, and then things really clamp down later on in the game and it slowed down a little bit. Um, I think this game will be a lot of that too. I think there'll be a good flow to it early. The, both teams are pretty skilled offensively. So I think there can be some value in that. I don't think we're going to watch. I, I'm hoping we're not watching just a brick fest. I think both teams can score it. So I'm hoping that adds to the enjoyment. And honestly, I think the matchups, I, mean, I think Kansas is the better team. I think Kansas will win. But, I mean, at some point here, it's just like the, the way Carolina plays, and they've got the talent to, to hang with them. 
I think this is a pretty um I, I think the matchup is good for, for Carolina to hang tough and, and be in the game. They've got the firepower and the athletes to do it. They've done it basically since the second half of the season. They've been a top five team in the country. So I, 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 I expect this to be a good game. I think Kansas has a little more juice, but it's not one of those national championships where I'm going and thinking like, like Villanova in 2018 against Michigan, where it's like, God, can we just, can Michigan, if Michigan plays its absolute best, maybe Villanova get an off night and we have a good game. You know, or uh, you know, Kentucky when they had Anthony Davis uh, against Kansas in that in that building, where it's like, God, yeah, this Kansas team, no matter what, it just feels like Kentucky's got. The, Kansas has to play perfect. Kentucky has to play a little off their game, and it might still be a decent game. Then, I, I think I think both these teams can can go with like their A level games and and hang it and be a good game. But I think Kansas is better, but I think it'll be a good. Okay, yeah, and I feel the same way. I- I feel like this game, if I had to like, compare what I expect this game to one of the games from last night, which you know, we're recording this Sunday, I think this game will be more like the North Carolina Duke than the Kansas-Villanova game, easily. I think this game will be played in the 80s. I think there's going to be a lot of offense, um, not as much defense. But I think it's going to be a back, back-forth game, lots of ties, lots of lead changes. And... You know, like you said, Kansas is the better team. I do agree with that. They have more talent. I mean, just look. I know you always like to take out the seed lines. Uh, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna draw attention to the seed lines here. Uh, it's a one versus an eight. Kansas is the better team here. However, North Carolina has proven over the last you know few games that they can play with these top teams in the country. They are playing their best basketball of the season right now. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, however. With uh, predictions, um, I did look up the the line on ESPN. It's currently at four and a half, which is about what I expected. Um, do I, I'm going to predict it from the standpoint of that, and I'm going to pick Kansas in that. I think they're going to win by a few points. You're going to take Kansas to win and Kansas to cover. Yes. No, no faith. You have little faith. Sorry. Is it the emotional hedge? Yes. <laughs> So it's funny. So we had a work bracket for uh, for the tournament, and my coworkers are giving me shit because obviously I'm a North Carolina fan, and they're like, "Oh, you must not be a North Carolina fan. You picked them to lose because I picked them to lose to Baylor," and they're trying to say I'm not a North Carolina fan because of that. It's like screw you guys. Uh there, yeah. Those there's the fans who just like pick their team to win no matter what, and then there's the fans who root for their team no matter what. I almost I almost always pick North Carolina with chalk. In the tournament, like when I do my bracket, yeah, I, I always just kind of expect. I think I've done it a few years where I pick them to win the whole thing, and then obviously they, they suck balls. And I was like, "What the fuck did I do that for? Why would I think <laughs> this?" You know, and I would much rather they prove me wrong, or I'd I'd much rather have I'd much rather have I'd rather them prove like be good and prove me wrong than disappoint me. You know, um, yeah, I will take Kansas to I would take Kansas to cover that if it's a four and a half point spread. I would take Kansas to win that. I would say Kansas 78, Carolina 72. Oh, you think it's going to be a little less scoring than I did, but still that's still, a lot of scoring still 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 a good 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 amount of offense in that score there. Yeah. Now, regardless of that, I think it's going to be an amazing game. Um there's still storylines in this bigs. Uh Dean Smith started his career at Kansas. Um Roy Williams who was in North Carolina had Assistant coach goes to Kansas because he wasn't getting his opportunity to be a head coach. Then he comes back to North Carolina. There's that. Um, 
Kansas also is just where basketball was invented. So lots of storylines here. Two blue bloods going at it. Should be a fun game. Do you have anything else, Biggs? I'm trying to think of the last time that maybe we don't even have to put this on the pod, but I'm trying to think of the last time Kansas beat you in or like last time UNC beat Kansas in the tournament. I it feels like, like it's her ass a lot. Yeah. Well, let me, I can look up. I wonder if I can look up North Carolina versus Kansas history. Cause, cause like, I feel like the final four. I feel like, I feel like we never play in the regular season though. No, no, they don't. Um, let's they see. Beat them in the final four, 20, like 11, they beat them in the elite eight. Or 2012, they beat him in the Elite Eight. Okay, I got it. I got a fix. I got a fix. I got a fix. Okay. I'm just going to go with like the last five matchups here because these, the these, these, these are just tournament results. So there could be some regular season sprinkled in. But 2013, Kansas defeated North Carolina in the second round. I want to say that was like an 8 1 matchup, if I remember correctly. That was the James Michael McAdoo Carolina team. Yeah. yeah. Kansas went to the championship that year. They had Jeff yeah. Withy. Yeah, Robinson. and I, remember, I just remember him blocking everything that game. Oh, they just got, they got pumped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2012, Kansas defeated North Carolina in the regional final. That would Elite have been, eight. yep, Elite Eight. That, that was, was the year they played in the championship. No. That was the that was the year Kendall Marshall got hurt in the second round. Yep. Um, so yep. that one doesn't count. That was the year Kansas played in the no. championship. That one doesn't count. Uh, 2008, Kansas defeated North Carolina in the final four round. I do remember that game. North Carolina got down like 30 to five or something like that early on. They got, yeah, they got smoked early. Yeah. And then ended up losing by 18. Um, 93 is the last time. And like I said, these are just tournament games. North Carolina defeated Kansas in the national semifinal. Yep. 93. So that would have been. Technically alive for that one. They, uh, they won the, that was the, uh, when they, that was the, um, Chris Weber timeout in in the national championship year. 93 was? Yep. I don't remember it. Yep. That was 93. That, that was the first year of the Fab Five. Okay. Um, but no, that was the last time they beat Kansas in the tournament. I wonder if I can do – I don't know if I can do regular season on this. You're right, though. It doesn't seem like they play very often in the regular season. Almost never. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Like, you would think, like, with the history of, you know, Roy being at Kansas before, you'd think there'd be more games. Well, yeah, and they're just and they're just enormous. Pro- I mean, Kansas is Kansas plays in like a big tournament every year. They always play in that Champions Classic thing. Carolina's always playing in the thing out in uh, the CBS Classic or whatever that they're in. They're always I, okay. I do team. remember one time it was two thousand and uh, is before Roy like the year before Roy got there. They met in the Maui Championship. It was it was like Rashad McCants and Raymond Felton's freshman year. North Carolina beat Kansas in the Maui Championship. I remember that. Really, so Carolina. I think they were good that year. Hmm. They were. They started off the year hot. I think they ended. Up, I don't even was know. That if they the made Do- was that last? Was that Doherty's last? Yeah, year? I don't oh, think they made the tournament. Like the year that you know Raven Felton and Rashad McCants and Sean May that class won the title their junior year. I don't yeah. think they made the tournament their freshman year. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, do you have anything else, Biggs? We can one more night college hoops, and then it's over. Let's not get cynical yet. We can do that after our next podcast. Well, no, John, let's don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. Be happy that this happens. Yeah. Cherish it. Yeah. And it's been a fun, you know, our five months of basketball so far. It's going to culminate with hopefully a great game tomorrow evening. And then we have, we have to deal with like being outside and enjoying nice weather. God damn it. Disgusting. For months. Gross. Um, anyways, we will have a podcast after this championship game. Um, and then it'll probably take a couple weeks off after that, but let's not get cynical. People don't want to hear us 
hear me saying that they're not going to be able to hear us. No. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. Bye.